0: Hi, my name is Sam Settleman, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin sports podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out of Bounds. we got a special gymnastics podcast today. Um, I will be the temporary host for today. John does not follow gymnastics, apparently, so he is not with us today. Um, but instead, I'm joined by the entire gymnastics beat here at the Daily Bruin. we got Genevieve Trimbell. Ben Royer, Helene Barnfield, Isabel Friedman, and and myself. So, yeah, happy to talk about some gymnastics today. We got a big episode, um, big week for gymnastics, so we decided this was finally the week to do it. Um, but, yeah, we're going to break down kind of UCLA's weekend at regionals and talk about nationals coming up and then take a look back at the season so far and how UCLA got here. Um, but first up, we're going to talk about the most recent stuff. We're going to talk about UCLA at regionals. Um So, Ben, why don't you kick us off and give us a little bit of a recap.
1: UCLA hosted the Los Angeles Regional at Poly Pavilion on Thursday and Saturday. UCLA had the highest regional semifinal score of any team in the nation with a 198-275, advancing alongside Missouri to the regional final. Washington and Utah competed in the first session on Thursday, where Auburn was upset by Washington after counting three falls on bars. Heading into the final... UCLA was down, heading into the third third rotation, where UCLA had a season high on floor and therefore overlapped Missouri, where they had a strong vault rotation and headed to the regional final alongside Utah.
0: So as a quick recap of the weekend and how UCLA got back to Nationals for the first time since 2019, um, but we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. So Helene's going to take us back and look at kind of specifics of what went down Thursday and then is going to take us through what ended up being a very dramatic final on Saturday. Um, and then we'll kind of start and talk a little bit about Nationals. But Helene, let's, let's talk about Thursday first.
2: Yeah, for the semifinal on Thursday, the Bruins started on balance beam where they recorded a season high 49.675, which is the fourth highest beam score in program history and their second highest postseason beam score of all time. That was led off by a uh, 9.9 by Emily Lee, followed by Siena's uh, 9, 9.925. Um, and the real highlight of that Rotation was the nine back-to-back 9975s by both uh, Emma Malibuio and Selena Harris. Uh, after that, the Bruins moved over to the floor where they recorded a 49.5. Um, that was let off by Emily Lee's 98. After that, in her first competitive floor routine of the season, Brooke Moore recorded a 9925. Uh, the third rotation was vault, where the Bruins recorded a 49.575. Uh, this ranks as UCLA's sixth best vault score of all time. This was started off by a career high by Margetta Fraser, which was a 9-9, followed by Emily Emily Lee strong 985. Uh, after this, Brooklyn Moore stuck her vault for a career high 9-9, followed by a flawless uh Yurchenko by Jay Campbell, which was a 9-9-5, her second of the season. And Selena Harris uh Selena Harris and Jordan Charles wrapped up the rotation with a 9-9 and a 9925. Uh UCLA ended the night with a 49 on bars which contributed to their high of the season, which was a 198, 275 Again, like Ben said, it was the highest-scoring um, regional overall among all the schools.
0: Yeah, so I think, as Helene clearly pointed out, that regional semifinal was very, was very smooth sailing for UCLA. Um, obviously, they didn't have the competition that they had in the regional final either, um, but season I score, the best score of any team at regionals this weekend, um, and pretty much everything was going right for UCLA. But as we'll see, Saturday was – Quite a different result. Um, so, Isabel, well take us through that meet Saturday.
3: UCLA started out on bars and beam, and at the halfway point of the meet, they were down by 0.2, which was very stressful for UCLA fans in Poly Pavilion. Um, you could see going into the floor rotation, gymnasts like Shay and Jordan taking a look at all the scores around them and Jordan said after the meet that she didn't know quite where the Bruins stood in relation to the other teams, but it was very clear that Shay, Selena, and a lot of the gymnasts on the floor there knew that they were down going into the third rotation and they needed to turn things around. And they did manage to turn things around. They had a season high performance on the floor in the third rotation. It got kicked off with Emily Lee's nine eight, followed by five straight nine nine plus routines from Emma Malibuyo, Selena Harris, Marzetta Frazier, Shay Campbell, and Jordan Childs. Margzetta Fraser tied her season high with a 9.95 and got a 10 from one judge. And Jordan Childs finished things off on floor with a big perfect 10 routine for the Bruins. Heading into the final rotation, though, things were still pretty close and UCLA had not clinched a ticket to nationals yet. Um, And they were finishing on vault, which has been, you know, this season has been one of their worst events, just looking at straight scores. But UCLA finished on vault with a 49-5, led by Selena Harris's perfect 10, the first of her career. You could see afterwards, everyone was so excited for Selena and finally getting a perfect 10 after coming so close so many times this year. The Bruins ended up advancing to nationals alongside Utah and Missouri, even though they were close for a couple of rotations, did not end up qualifying for nationals.
0: So that's pretty much what happened um, at UCLA's Los Angeles Regional. I think if you look at the final scores, um, it seemed not very close. I think UCLA finished over three-tenths ahead of Missouri for second place, so you'd think they clinched pretty comfortably, but obviously anyone watching that meet knew that that was really anyone's meet going into that fourth and final rotation. So for UCLA to pull that off was obviously a big moment for this team. Um, But speaking of other teams, let's take a look kind of around the country and kind of Genevieve will take us through and recap what went on across the other regionals.
4: Yeah, well, talking about close finishes, um, LSU and Michigan tied for the second spot in the Denver Regional Uh, Denver was the lowest seed going into that meet, but they ended up winning, and LSU and Michigan both finished with LSU winning on a tiebreaker, counting all six scores because of Michigan's two falls during the meet. That was definitely the most drama of any regional, but on the Norman side, Oklahoma finished with a 198 as usual, even counting a fall. Um, with their two falls on beam, which just shows how good they are going into the finals, and that will definitely be something to look at. And then, um, with Florida, MSU and Cal, um Florida was down Trinity Thomas, but still advanced, but they placed second to Cal, who beat them. So those two teams will also be in Texas.
0: So Jennifer, mentioned Cal. Um, obviously a packed out school is someone that UCLA is very familiar with. Um, on many levels, and I'll get to that in a second, but Cal had the best score um, of any team in the regional final round. Um, they really look like a team that can compete for a nat- national title, which I don't think many people thought coming into this weekend, um, but I think kind of at this point, it's really anyone's anyone's season. People thought Oklahoma's the clear favorite, and I know they went 198 county a fall, which is obviously pretty absurd, um, but we'll see how legit that scoring is when when all the teams are kind of on the same on the same platform when it comes to judging. Um, but yeah, going back to Cal, obviously a big, big moment for the Frazier family too. Um, and MJ Frazier got the chance to compete against each other earlier this year. Um, but MJ Frazier's had quite the standout freshman season. And, um, I think their parents went to both regionals and flew back and forth from Pittsburgh to LA twice this weekend, which is maybe the most insane show of dedication from a parent that I can remember ever hearing. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for what went on what went on around the country um, this weekend. So final eight is set and ready to go. Um, UCLA is among that final eight for the first time in four years. Um, so now we'll talk a little bit about how UCLA got there. What kind of gymnasts stood out this year um, in making that run back to nationals? I guess I'll kick us off with with the obvious um, Jordan Childs, certainly the headliner for this UCLA team. Um, First team All-American on pretty much every event except second team on BEAM, I believe. Um, Second best all-arounder statistically in the country. And I think if you factored in this weekend's score, she might even move up to first. Um, I think you could make the argument that she's probably the best gymnast in the country, if not a close second um, at this point in the year. So she's going to compete for an individual all-around title, but she'll also be able to lead this team as she has all year into competing for a national title. Um, And I mean, Jordan Childs was pretty ridiculous last season, I think, but it's been pretty insane to watch the leap that she's taken this year. Um, And Ben has some thoughts, so I'll toss it over to him.
1: You know, there's not many gymnasts in NCAA that you can look at, and every single routine they go through, you go, that's probably a 10, or that's close to a 10. When it comes to Jordan, I feel like every, every other routine, we're like, you know, That's debatably a 10. I mean, she gets a lot of 9975s. And, you know, maybe with different judges, those flip to 10s. Maybe different conferences, they flip to 10s. So I I think Jordan's, I think there is a case that she is the best, and I would say she is.
3: And she's the best all-arounder going into nationals with Jade Carey, not qualifying as an individual for the all-around.
0: Yeah, and as Ben mentioned with the 9975s, Jordan has 15 9975s this year. Um, Seven on bars in particular, which is kind of her... Best event you could argue, although like Ben said, I mean, does she have a best event? They're all pretty, pretty superb. But I think I tweeted Thursday that Jordan Tiles just wrapped up UCLA's meet with a perfect ten, and then nine nine seven five came back. Was I surprised? Maybe not, because we've seen it fifteen times this year now. And again, I tweeted that on Saturday in nine nine seven five again. Um, so at some point, something's got to give. But um, she did get the perfect ten on floor this weekend. That was her fourth this year. Um, but you have to imagine the best arguably the best gymnast in the country and just four perfect ends this year and fifteen nine nine seven fives. If you look if you compare that to Jade Carey's numbers. Um even Trinity Thomas, I know she's had a lot of nine nine seven fives, but I think Jordan's still ahead in that race so far. Um but yeah, Jordan Childs is is make or break for this team. I mean if Jordan Childs has a thirty nine eight, this team can compete with anyone and that's never out of the question um obviously like we'll talk about more you know you need more than one indi- individual gymnast um to make a run for nationals um that's what makes the sport special um but Jordan Childs is someone you can count on every week to go 39.7 plus
2: yeah and then after Jordan I think in terms of consistency for UCLA freshman Selena Harris has really stepped up um I think early on early on we saw early on I got to interview with her um uh, before season kicked off and it was just really interesting, I think, in the high pressure situations where I think especially her being considering uh considering her being a freshman where I think maybe mentally nerves might check in, she really thrives. Um throughout the season, she's averaging 9-9 across all four apparatuses. And um her lowest o- overall, all around, I think, is a 39-5, which was recorded early in the season. And I think just in terms of consistency and coming up um in the big moments, I think a perfect example is this weekend on uh, Saturday's regional. When you said they really needed it, um, she recorded a 10, her first ever, which happened to be in postseason, um, which I think really helped them move on and I think was a real um, push of confidence going into uh, finals.
0: And when you talk about freshmen, I feel like, I mean, it's easy to take that for granted because we've seen Selena Harris do that all year, but that's just not normal for a freshman. I think even Kyla Ross, I mean, she had a pretty special freshman season, but you could put up Selena Harris's freshman season with any great gymnast ever, to be honest. Um, even Jordan Childs had her moments last year, I think. So it's hard to overstate what Selena Harris has meant for this team so far in her freshman year. Obviously, number one recruit, this was somewhat expected, but I think she even exceeded those expectations.
1: I remember seeing her at Meet the Bruins meet before the season started and just how they were talking about her. You know, you don't hear that about freshmen very often when, when they're speaking about with expectations coming in, especially for for a gymnast that's not going to be You know, competing for Olympic success in that in that state of mind. So I think that Selena Harris is just you know out of this world freshman wise. And you know when she says she doesn't feel pressure, it certainly has been showing it so far this season
0: and into the postseason. And we're talking about Jordan Childs competing for an all around title. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Selena Harris could very well compete for that title too. Um, She beat out Childs on Saturday in that regional round. Granted, it was thirty nine seven five versus thirty nine seven two five. Um, But Selena Harris has every right to compete for that title too.
4: Yeah. And Janelle always says she never gets nervous, which I feel like is just so reflected in her performance quality and consistency across every event and meet.
2: I think it's just really interesting to see like, just like the culture between the whole team, but I think especially between Charles and Harris, I think um, everyone's kind of seen pictures or videos like of her, uh, Harris recording her 10 and just how excited um, Jordan was. But I think, I think it's just really interesting to come in as a freshman, her being so good in her own right, but also to be able to be surrounded by a gymnast like Jordan. I think it's just really cool to see.
1: You know, and you think about like that little passing of the torch moment in a way because, you know, Jordan's going to be training for the Olympics and Selena will be that one all-rounder that everyone's looking to next year. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of you know, there's an idea that Selena can be that Jordan Childs type person for maybe the next freshman
0: crop that come through to UCLA as well. Well, yeah, and it's important to remember Jordan Childs is is Jordan Childs, but she's only you know she's going to be in all likelihood gone after this year. Selena Harris is probably going to be here for four years, and she's probably going to go down as one of the greatest gymnasts ever at UCLA, which is which is really saying something. But it's hard not to say that after the freshman she, freshman year she's had.
3: I think people haven't been talking about her as much this year, but we also really need to talk about Shay Campbell. She is a really solid presence and a true leader on this team. She's the leadoff on bars and one of the best vaulters on a team, an event that UCLA really needs some help on. And then floor, she hasn't scored a single score below 9-9 this season, and her floor routines are just so fun to watch. She's such a performer, and I, you know, she, she got a perfect 10 last season, hasn't been able to get another one this season, but, you know, so many of her routines are definitely up there, you know? People aren't talking as enough about her, but she is really a key a key factor on this team.
1: When Jordan Childs was saying on Saturday that the team hasn't necessarily peaked yet, Ch- Shea Campbell's someone I think of when it comes to that. I think there's a lot of work for her to improve on bars still. I kn- know Janelle and her have been working all season on that. And then also uh, her floor routine this weekend kind of shows what she can bring in those big moments. I mean, Pauly Pavilion, it wasn't a full crowd, but the crowd got super loud for Shay's final pass and then score reveal.
4: Talking about a newcomer, I think Emily Lee's contribution to this team has been incredible. I know people have been talking about it, but just her presence, her ability to lead off on every event whenever she's put there, that's something she talks about in her interviews that she's very confident doing. Um, I think especially on beam, um, we'll talk more about UCLA's beam rotation later, but she's scored a number of 9-9 plus leadoffs, which to set that tone in the rotation is something that's incredible. I'm sure you could look and see that UCLA's highest scoring beam rotations have come when she's done that. Um, it was unfortunate not to see her last year. Um, she was definitely missed while coming back from the Achilles injury, but her presence this year has just been undeniable. And also just her mental toughness and the increase in that has been something that's been great to see. Janelle talked about how in her first meet, Emily looked like a deer in the headlights, and that was definitely clear to anyone watching. But now to see her, you would not think that that was ever an issue. She just looks calm and confident and ready to perform for her team.
1: Adding to that, I mean, Emily Lee, especially on beam, when we talk about someone who leads off, I mean, there might not be a more consistent leadoff beam specialist in that way in the nation. I mean... Um, she does compete every single event, but on beam specifically, it's really impressive to me how she's able to be maybe a consistent, you know, nine nine eight five or above, especially as we got in later into the season. So i I've, I've found that really impressive from Lee.
0: Yeah, and as Genevieve said, I think you could definitely find a correlation between Emily scoring high and the rest of that beam rotation scoring high because um, I definitely think we've seen a trend when those. And Emily Lee and Anna Patera, you and some of those first couple of gymnasts in that rotation are scoring well. The rest of them kind of back that up. And when there's some wobbles early in the rotation, there's wobbles throughout. So having that leadoff presence isn't just kind of something we talk about. It's I think it is something that's really important for everybody in that rotation.
1: And lastly, uh, I'm I'm going to choose Brooke Lemores for my for my gymnast that's kind of surprised or or exceeded expectations. I mean, she was out for an injury for what it seemed could have been the whole season, and you know Janelle said that she was kind of ready to go the last few weeks but it's like picking the moments in which you can take someone out of a rotation and put someone in the lineup so um Brooklyn finally got that moment on Thursday she was going to uh, compete on vault but then she also jumped in earlier on floor in replacement of Emma Malabuyo and just had a really sensational floor routine i kn- i know everyone loves the euphoria theme but i mean it's a re- it's a really great routine and she's it's different from what a lot of other gymnasts are doing as well which is nice And then on vault, the event where maybe UCLA needs the most help, people have been waiting for Brooklyn to come back and just add something, add depth, add add a consistent score to the group. And I know nine nines are going to be difficult to replicate on the national stage, but if she can give UCLA somewhere around that, that's just a big boost to their um, national title hopes.
4: I mean, as someone who watched UCLA last season, I did not think that Brooklyn coming back was really going to improve their vault rotation. So she really surprised me in a good way this past weekend when she posted those two nine nine scores, and that is definitely something that UCLA is going to want going forward.
0: Yeah, and I think Ben mentioned Brooklyn Sebian me for Emma the other day on floor. I think that just goes to show kind of the depth on this team. And like Jennifer said, like that isn't a luxury that this team had last year. At times, they were vaulting, they were throwing just five vaulters out there. Um, just to stay healthy, and they just did not have the depth necessary to compete. And everybody talks about the top end talent that UCLA has, the Selena Harris, the Jordan Childs, but we could have mentioned you know ten different gymnast names because you look at a team like Cal across the way has five all arounders on any given team at, at any given meet, um, and one gymnast is off one day, and all, and then all of a sudden you're you're going home. So to have that luxury to be able to say you know warm ups don't look good for MML Abuyo, Brooklyn Morris can step in on the floor. That's a huge luxury for this team. Um, and that's a big reason why they're back at Nationals for the first time since 2019. Speaking of that, we'll talk a little bit about Nationals and preview, preview what's coming up next for UCLA. They got a week off, um, and then April 13th, they're back um, Thursday in Fort Worth, Texas for the NCAA semifinals. Um, in their rotation, it's going to be number one, Oklahoma, number five, Utah, and number nine, Kentucky. Um, they've got to finish top two to move on to the NCAA finals two days later. Um, And so obviously I think you would say that they've got to finish ahead of Utah and Kentucky. I think everyone would probably pencil in Oklahoma just the way they've looked all season and them going 198 counting a fall um, this past weekend. So I think you can say Oklahoma will probably qualify, but obviously anything can happen. And then at that point, you got to beat uh, Utah and Kentucky. I don't want to count out Kentucky, but obviously as the lowest seeded team in the semifinal, I think you can kind of assume if UCLA has a good day that they have a higher ceiling than Kentucky. Um, And then Utah's the big question mark, because UCLA's gone head-to-head with Utah three times this year and lost on all three occasions. Um, They've scored up there in the 198-275. They have the potential to do it, Um, but on the semifinal stage, it'll be interesting to see if UCLA can compete against a Utah team that has that Nationals experience that has been on that stage before, Um, because it's easy to forget that UCLA hasn't quite been there yet, and We'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but with that in mind, um, each of us are going to go through and just talk about one key to success, how UCLA can get can get back to the national championship stage, get back to the NCAA finals, and maybe even compete for a national title.
4: Yeah, so on their first day, they're going to be starting on beam, and I think that that's something that easily has the ability to set the tone for the whole meet. Um, in the first few meets of the season, UCLA didn't look great on beam, and since then, when we've seen them kind of come into their own on that event and post the 49.5s and 49.6s, it's clear that they have the potential to be up there. But I think that uh, an event as scary and affected by nerves as beam can really easily be a make it or break it moment. So it's going to be really important to watch the team be super clean and confident and hit the landings, hit all the details, and really, really make sure that they're building and building.
0: And I think with Beam, um, if you look at specific gymnasts, I think, I mean, the rotation has been pretty consistent the last couple months, and that's the case for most of UCLA's events, but Beam especially. Um, But I would say one kind of gymnast to watch is Emma Malibuya. We didn't talk about her earlier, but I think there was a lot of chatter earlier in the season that maybe she should move out of the anchor spot. She wasn't getting quite the same scores that she had last year. She had a 10 last year. Um, and she wasn't quite hitting at that same consistency this year. Uh, but she's been really solid on that event as of late. She had a 9.975 on Thursday. Um, so I think if she's kind of continuing to hit in that anchor spot like we know she's capable of and the front end of that lineup is hitting too, I really think they can put up those 49.6s consistently whether or not it's a make-or-break event like you said.
1: Oh, adding on to that, I mean – on Thursday they went first on beam and it really went well. I think getting beam probably the highest pressure event out of the way really quickly when there's no scores on the board kind of helps with that with the nerves and the pressure of the moment. I think that if UCLA can, you know, start really strong on beam and get through it, it probably sets them up well for the rest of the event.
4: Yeah, uh, and then conversely, 49325 in the final round of regionals when they were not in their quite at the mindset that they finished in um, definitely seemed like something that was going to possibly hinder them from even making it to nationals. So that's why I think beam is really something to watch for in the national semifinals.
1: Next up for UCLA is key to success in in nationals. I I would say Marzetta Frazier is really important to it. Um, You know, all year round she's told us about how, you know, she said that her body's been broken. It's, it's dealing with injuries nonstop, her ankles and, you know, having marzetta healthy and ready to go for these moments is really important um she's talked about her anxiety before meets but it really hasn't showed with her performances during the meets um you know she had uh, her her highest vaults of the season during regionals the the 9-9 which was a career high and then the nine eight five was if not for the 9-9 her highest score this year on vault so i feel like in these moments she's really stepping up and trying to put her the most that she has left in her final meets of her collegiate career into this. And that goes on to floor two. I mean, um, she she needs to be that, that person because when she hits, I think it affects Selena and Jordan as well. It's a motivation. It's a confidence thing.
0: And she talked about kind of dealing with competition anxiety this year. Um, but it's easy to forget that one, she's a fifth year, you know, she's the oldest person on this roster. Um, And two, she's hit, I don't know what the number is now, but it's well over 100 straight routines in her career without a fall. Um, So she's someone that you can count on kind of no matter what, even if things aren't going great. And I think in warm-ups on Saturday, um, they weren't going great for everyone, and I think that includes Frazier, but she still managed to hit um, when they needed it most. So, yeah, someone that can definitely be counted on, but like Ben said, someone that will need to kind of score at that high potential on next Thursday.
2: Yeah, going off Ben and Genevieve, I think for me, my key to success, I think especially after Saturday, um, is definitely like the mental game of this team. I think Saturday, I think we saw maybe, um, compared to Thursday, the team a little more tense, maybe a little more nerves. Um, with that, I think it's crucial to remember, I think other than Mars, I don't think anyone's seen postseason, um, at this stage before. But I think going into, um, finals next week, I think a big question is, um, just like I think like the the tone of the team coming in, I think um, rotation order will definitely be a big factor. But I think for me, I'm just curious to see um, how they hit. I think definitely post meet on Thursday, Janelle really talked about vault specifically, like they were going right ahead and attacking. I think maybe Saturday there was a little more um, anxiety going in. So I'm just eager to see coming in next week what the um, how the approach is.
1: To add on to that, this team seemingly has so much fun with what they're doing, and on Saturday, it it seemed like what you'd expect a team to look like going into the playoffs. You know, much more serious, much more. You know, we need to win. We need to work really hard. But at the end of the day, this team likes to dance around. They like to goof off a little bit. I'd like to see that a little bit during Nationals. I mean, it, it's really important atmosphere. It's really. You know, stressful, I imagine, but let loose a little bit. I know Janelle wants them to let loose as well. She's talked about it a lot. So I think it's important to see that going forward. And I think when they're, you know, having fun, it shows in their gymnastics as well.
3: Yeah, it was really interesting after the meet on Saturday to watch Utah's press conference as well versus UCLA's. And there's a huge difference in energy. Like this team has fun, you know, and I think, you know, it might seem goofy. It might seem silly to be talking about having fun in gymnastics and dancing and stuff like that. But it really is a benefit to this team. And being in the right mindset and a pressure-free mindset, I think, is really a great advantage that they have when they're able to get in that zone.
0: And I think you never really know how someone re- will react to a moment like that because, obviously, like we said, like NCAA semifinals is going to be as big of a stage as most of them have competed on. Obviously, Jordan Childs has been to the Olympics. You know, She's been in that moment before. Selena Harris, it doesn't seem like it matters where you put her. Like, she's going to put up nine nines, 9 9 5s, regardless. Um, but across the lineup, I mean, you got to imagine that there's extra pressure that comes with a stage like that. And you don't know what's going to happen and how they're going to react until you get there. But I think, like Ben Isabel said, like that fun aspect um, is something that a lot of teams don't have. Um, and that'll be pretty crucial coming up next weekend.
3: But I think pressure wise, Saturday's meet was a really good indicator of how they can handle pressure. You know, going into that third rotation like we've already talked about, they knew that they were down and managed to pull out two tens. It reminds me a lot of, you know, the 2018 National Championships, last time UCLA won when things were close and they needed a 10 to win it all, and they got that 10. You know, if something similar could happen at Nationals, I don't know. It could be really interesting to see, but confidence – like Janelle says a lot, is really important for this team. But I think they can do it.
1: You know, I would say that I think part of what switched for them on Saturday is they go to floor, which is the event where they have the most fun. And maybe that just the energy boost, you know, hearing the floor routine music, all of that, you know, it it brought them to a place where they could take that next step and overlap Missouri um, with their scores.
2: But yeah, I think it's interesting. I think especially like post me talking to Shay and Jordan, it's very clear that the team doesn't think they've peaked yet and they have a lot more to give. So I just think it it'll be really interesting because I think Indication Thursday, I mean, scoring the highest, having the highest scoring regional. Um, I don't think there's really I don't think anyone can really say
3: what the ceiling is for this team right now when they're at their best. Crazy. Um, my key to success that I think needs to happen is that. We need to see some great performances from our specialists on this team. We talked about Selena and Jordan, and with their consistency, there's no doubt that they're going to do great at Nationals. Um, But we have a lot of really talented specialists on this team who haven't been quite as consistent this year, but they have a really high ceiling. And I think on as big of a stage as Nationals, they're going to need to get pretty close to their ceiling in order for UCLA to advance. We talked about Emma and Mars already. Emma's been really, really consistent and great on floor, Um, and she has a high ceiling as well for beam. We talked about her 9975 on Thursday and her 10 last season. If she gets up there, that would be a great confidence boost for UCLA on beam. We talked about Mars and her ceiling that she just now seems to have reached on vault and her consistency this season on floor. But then there's also people like Anna Paterario and Sienna who – are really great assets to this team who have great potential, but they they have to be able to reach that, I think, in order for the team as a whole to do well.
1: And also, uh, Kalyani Steele on bars, I think, you know, if anything, her score in the regional final, I would say, maybe was a little underwhelming compared to the rest of the pack. And she needs to take that step up. I, she had some strong scores later in the season, 9-9 in the Stanford meet, nine eight seven five in the Iowa State meet. UCLA is going to need those scores to be higher, uh, especially if they, you know, I think Janelle considers bars to maybe be their strongest event next to floor. So I think they need to have uh, someone like Kalyani, and if not, Emily Lee step up in that bars rotation.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, obviously, for this team to compete for a national championship, everybody has to be at their best. You can't really have any lapses. Um, And, you know, you kind of have to assume Jordan Childs and Selena Harris are going to go 39-7 in the all-around. But like Isabel said, everybody around them has to hit as well. Um, But I think if you really have to pinpoint one thing that needs to go right for UCLA, it's the first half of that vault lineup. Um, I think beam, bars, floor, you can kind of count on those being pretty solid, and UCLA has proven that all year. Um, Volt. I know we've talked about it all year, but that's kind of been the event that stopped UCLA from being, you know, maybe the top team in the country throughout the regular season. Um, and Janella kind of said this weekend that she knows that's kind of been the story around this team, but she's seen that event building throughout this year, and obviously that was shown this past weekend with a forty-nine five-seven-five and then a forty-nine five right after that. Um, both, you know, better than anything else they showed in the regular season. So if they can do that again, obviously great. But you gotta look at that first those first three volts because you assume you know, Shea Campbell with her Yurchenko full, she can go perfect on that any given time. Um Selena Harris showed she can go ten on her Yurchenko one and a half. And then Jordan Childs on her double twist in Yurchenko has been has been pretty excellent this year too. Um but if you look at those first three, um, no matter who it is, whether it's Mark Zeta Frazier, Emily Lee, Brooklyn Moores, they're gonna need three hits on those Yurchenko fools. Um not Brooklyn Moores, but She's shown that she can go 9-9. She has a ten o 0 start value as well. But this team, I think, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but this team probably has less ten o 0 start values on Volt than any team competing at Nationals. Um, so if you're going to have that kind of built-in deduction, you better hit those Yurchenko Fools, otherwise you're not going to be able to compete. And I think easily you can say those first three Volts, you know, UCLA can either gain or lose maybe two-tenths to their final score just off those first three Volts. Um, Selena Harris, Jordan Childs, Shay Campbell... That back end of the rotation, you can say fine nine nine plus for all of those, um, but those first three volts, you might get a nine seven five. You might get a nine nine from Marzetta Fraser, Brooklyn Morris. You never kind of know what you're going to get. And if those volts aren't up there in the nine nine range consistently, then I don't think UCLA really has a chance. With that in mind, though, um, we're going to give quick quick one line predictions for for how this season is going to turn out. Um, I think not everybody expected UCLA to be back at nationals. Um, not all of us expected you said to be back in nationals, um, but now that they're here, Genevieve, where do you think they'll end up?
4: I cannot say for sure where they'll end up, but I definitely think they're going to make four on the floor. I think that there's just something about this team. I don't think they're going to be. I don't. I think they're going to be there in the final stage, competing to win it all. And I think they're definitely capable of winning it all.
1: Yeah, I agree with Genevieve. I think they'll definitely be a part of the four on the floor. I, I I'm pretty confident in this team heading into the and heading into nationals, very positive feelings. Um, you know, the other half of the bracket's not so strong. So at the end of the day, it might just be a UCLA versus Oklahoma situation if they can get there.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of going off, um, I don't want to say we're all green, but I, I do agree with them. Um, I just think covering this team, I think you, we see how, like, tight they are and also just in the big moments they're able to come through. Um, I definitely see them uh, making it to the, the top stage finals. So I think it's going to be really interesting next week, but um, I have high hopes for this team. I hate to be the
3: pessimist of the group so far, but I'm not sure that UCLA will qualify as a team to the finals. But I do think we're going to see an individual title this year, which will be really exciting. I think, honestly, UCLA has a shot on any event for a national title, Um, even both, as we saw this weekend with Selena Harris's 10. But we have a lot of really talented individuals on this team, and I think that we could see a 10 a 10 easily at nationals from several of our gymnasts. And yeah, I think we could see an individual title for sure. Even if the team doesn't make it to the finals,
0: I'm going to say they make the finals as well. Um, I think obviously they've lost three times head to head this year to Utah and likely they're going to have to beat Utah to make it to the finals. Um, but I think at both teams' best, I think UCLA has the higher ceiling. Um, like Genevieve said, they lost that Pac-12 Championships meet because they had a forty-nine-one-seven-five on the floor, and make no mistake, if or on vault that is. But and make no mistake, if they get a forty-nine-one-seven-five on Volt again, they're not going to compete for a national title. Um, but I think at their best, UCLA can be better than Utah, um, and I think they'll be able to do that in the semifinal round. In the finals, I don't think they have the chance to compete for a title. I think. Oklahoma and even Florida, is assuming Trinity Thomas is back. I think are just too good to kind of compete with at this level. Um, but I think UCLA will finish third at the finals. Hi everyone, editor John here. Just wanted to um, thank everyone for listening and. To remind everyone to give us a five-star review. It really helps. And remember, Out of Bounce is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA student newspaper. You can listen to this show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript for the show is always available on dailybruin.com. Thanks, everyone.